when your favorite team is struggling on the field, it's sometimes kind of hard to watch. If you're a KU football fan, that wasn't pretty yesterday, was it? And then when our team makes a mistake and the ref either makes a bad call or no call at all, well, you just get downright upset, don't you? Can't we get a break? Maybe that ought to be uh, kind of one of the subtitles that goes with us every day. Can't we just get a break? Sometimes as Christians, we even feel that way about God. Doesn't God realize how bad that call really was? Sometimes God appears not to care, or his decisions to allow one thing or another to happen seems to forget all about justice and what's right and what's good. Maybe God will get it right in the end, but oh, I'm feeling frustrated and angry right now. We're tempted to cry out when such things happen. I personally am feeling that way right now. I am tempted to cry out at the senseless murder of a pastor friend on Wednesday night this week, Pastor Al Henderson, St. Paul's in Fort Dodge, Iowa, was murdered on Wednesday evening, and his congregation and family are really hurting right now. We're all tempted to cry out <clears throat> when bad things happen, such as a couple of tragic car accidents this past week in our own community, one right down on Rock Creek Road. Two families totally disrupted now because of the, the uh, accident that happened, and so much more. God doesn't realize how bad that call really was, does he? Does God really care? Where is he? Where is he when those bad things, when those injustices, when those wrongs have come crashing into our worlds. Maybe God will get it right in the end, but right now I'm feeling frustrated and angry and I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, we can learn from the prophet Habakkuk. Funny name, short little book, but a powerful message. The first thing we learn from the prophet today is that when we are frustrated and angry because of bad things that are surrounding us in life, go to the one who can make a difference. Go directly to God and do so in faith. Habakkuk lived in a time when chaos, uncertainty, and international intrigue were all around him. Violence was occurring, and God's people, his people Israel, were in danger. Habakkuk often prayed for his people, but rather than them getting better, and rather than their situation getting better externally, it just seemed to get worse. So he brought his complaints to God. His first complaint 
focuses on God's apparent lack of response. The referee didn't even get his whistle out. Violence and injustice seem to flourish, and God seems absent from the action. Habakkuk is waiting because God does not respond, and he's crying out to him. In the verses of chapter 1 that we did not read, God responds to Habakkuk. He really is interested. He's active. He's in control. He has not given up being king of kings and lord of lords. He still is. And he is calling up the coming invasion of the big bad Babylonians to bring justice to Judah, to the people of Israel, in Habakkuk's home territory. Well, Habakkuk, on hearing God's plan, then raises a second complaint, questioning God's wisdom and fairness. How can God take godless, wicked, horrible, ruthless Babylon and use it against a people more righteous than they, even though the people of Judah were flawed as they were? Now God appears to be making an official call that is really bad, and there's no instant replay. Habakkuk struggles with how God could even consider doing such a thing while this very evil enemy of God's people is at their doorstep and ready to conquer them. Sound like anything we're facing in our world today? Habakkuk reads like a textbook for those facing situations that seem to be getting worse every day. His words weave a path from pain and frustration through a chaotic time in Judah's history, all the while trying to hang on for dear life, to hang on to hope. For folks caught in the middle of life's evil events, spiraling farther and farther downward, this prophet of God shows us how God leads us leads us always back to hope, a real, rock-solid hope. And so, first of all, we see Habakkuk prayed. He took his concerns to God. Prayer isn't simply asking God for things. God invites us to open our hearts to him, to pour out our anger and our frustration our hurt and disappointment and fears. You see it so often in the Psalms, the, what's often been called the prayer book of the Bible. We read there such deep, heartfelt longings poured out to the God who is God, the only God who can and will do something as he listens. Second, Habakkuk says, I will stand my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me. Habakkuk takes his stand, waiting, listening, looking for the Lord to respond. Well, God did respond. He spoke directly to Habakkuk in a dream. And we now listen to God's word as well. Not necessarily through a dream, but rather where he has placed it 
He inspired those words that are ink on a page that we call the Bible, inspired those words so that they are full of those deep, heartfelt longings and also the encouragement that we need. And we speak that encouragement to one another as we share that word of God with each other during times of trial. God's lasting faithful word is always with us to inspire confidence and to give us hope by the power of the Spirit. Third thing we learn from Habakkuk, God makes clear the full answer to Habakkuk's prayer will not come immediately. As a matter of fact, there's going to be a lot of pain and it's going to take a while. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. In our age of instant gratification, you know, you get on your smartphone, a couple of taps, and off goes whatever it is that you need to the fulfillment center, and the next thing you know, there it is on your front stoop in the morning. Ha! <laughs> instant gratification. And the preacher's telling us this morning to wait in hope. <laughs> yeah, right. Pastor friend told of a doctor in his congregation. This doctor uh, had a young woman come into his office, and she was dead serious. She says, Doc, you just told me I'm pregnant. Well, that normally takes nine months, right? You don't know the schedule I've got to keep in the next year. If, if, can we whittle this thing down to about six months, maybe? <laughs> well, you know the answer to that one. Some things take time. They do. Hope involves waiting. But in the waiting, we learn dependence. We grow in faith. We're shaped by God. And in our waiting, our faith is strengthened. And hope has everything to do with waiting for God's answer in His time and in His way. And we know that His way is always good and gracious in Jesus Christ. Fourth and finally, we learn from Habakkuk, the righteous will live by his faithfulness, or some translations say by his faith. In God's word, faith and hope are hooked together inseparably. We read in Hebrews, for instance, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Faith gives hope its substance. Faith is not simply positive thinking. Well, I'm okay, you're okay, everything's going to be okay. No, it's much more solid than that. Faith is believing that God will take care of us because we have been reconciled to him. Faith is knowing that all is well with God, and because all is well with God, all is truly well. When all is well with God, we know that's not something that we could accomplish. It's his gift. 
God himself did something about that great chasm between us and him that causes us to lose hope. And so he did the most amazing thing of all, the thing that no one would believe were it not told us by God himself. He sent his own son, Jesus Christ, who by his suffering and by his horrible death and by his triumphant resurrection accomplished this reconciliation for us. And by this, God gives us his grace. And by his grace, he strengthens our faith. Faith in Jesus. And what he has accomplished for us is the faith we live by, the faith by which we are righteous before God, and it is the faith that God gives to hurting people. Hope is an amazing gift of God, which enables us to see the future through what we believe. We believe in Jesus, our Savior. That's why Christians with cancer can see themselves well again, whether it be in this life or in the life to come. It's why a couple torn by conflict sitting with a Christian counselor can see a future together. It's the single mom who simply will not give up no matter how weary and worn she may feel because she knows that the love of God is with her always in Jesus Christ, her Savior and Lord. By the end of his prophecy, Habakkuk is still praying. The Babylonians are still coming. And he is still waiting and believing. The hope of his heart is amazing because it was hope ultimately in that Savior God would send. He said it this way, the last verses of that brief prophecy, though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. And so we are, by grace, through faith, people of hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.